Welcome to episode 19 of the Montana Values Podcast as we focus on the race for Montana's next governor and the recent showcase showdown between candidates Greg Gianforte and Mike Cooney. Let's get right into it with our host, Tammy Fisher. Tammy, you were brave. Uh, I don't know about brave. I was bold, probably. Mousy, as my mother would say. And during the debate, I certainly live tweeted my opinions as mounds of horseshit seemed to fill the screen. <laughs> I was sorting my socks, so I didn't have time to <laughs> to watch the debate. I was not going to subject myself to Greg's pandering, but you were brave enough to do it for me. And you've got some thoughts on that. Well, I had some thoughts that night and I didn't watch the first debate between Mike Cooney and, and Greg Gianforte. My Republican friends told me that Mike Cooney just cleaned Gianforte's clock in the first debate, and I have not gone back to watch that. I probably should, but the second debate got me so riled up and disgusted that I feel like if I go back to that, I'm almost punishing myself. So this debate, I don't think either candidate was particularly polished. Greg Gianforte should be used to debating. He's been debating almost every year for the last six years, I think. But he didn't look well at the beginning of the debate anyway. And so the first question came out. And instead of answering the question, he threw out this very awkward, it was like he was choking on his words. Hey, Montanans, I really need your vote. And I promise if you elect me, I'm going to donate my salary as governor to charity. It was almost like he knew he had to buy more votes and he was choking on getting the money out there. It was bizarre. And it was clearly pandering for votes, which is a huge turnoff. And especially when it was so inarticulately given, right? You know, Donald Trump donates his salary too, but he doesn't donate it to his own charities. And so immediately what comes to mind is, thanks for donating your salary to charities, Greg. Are those the charities that you run? Are those the charities that you own? Because you're going to dictate what charities that goes to. And that doesn't necessarily make Montanans like you anymore. You're not necessarily giving that money back to Montana. And the other thing is this idea that our votes can be bought. And I think it's worked in the past. And maybe I'm just terribly disappointed that that's the current state of affairs. But pandering for votes, it was distasteful as could be. Let's talk about some of the elements that were more than glaring in this recent debate between Gianforte and Cooney, and that is the lack of law enforcement support for Gianforte. And folks, as you know, Tammy and I are huge supporters of law enforcement. And I have to say, as conservative Republicans, we are disappointed that we cannot support the Republican candidate and Apparently, so is law enforcement. (laughs) Well, and that's kind of the key here, right? So no major law enforcement group has come out in support of Greg Gianforte. It's my understanding, at least Cooney represented, that he's being supported by some law enforcement associations. And I think it's through their collective bargaining unit for whatever that's worth. The fact that Greg Gianforte cannot gender law enforcement support, again, makes both you and I worry for the fate of the Republican Party because we have typically, it has been a reliable voting block for the Republican Party, which is law enforcement. And in a time when folks are rioting in other parts of the country and destroying personal property, 
buildings, those kinds of things and harming others, it's critically important that we support our law enforcement and two, that our law enforcement supports our leadership in Helena. And it just again, reiterates the fact that he is a flawed candidate. And of course, the reason why law enforcement won't support him is because he committed an assault and then lied to police about it. The biggest part of the Republican platform that drew me to the Republican Party, it's law and order. You should have a reliable government. You should have an orderly system of government because in a sea of chaos, which our society, I mean, with COVID and everything, is somewhat chaotic, you should be able to rely on limited government and limited laws that regulate the orderly conduct of society, right? That's the basic premise, and that's what we should be able to rely upon. And the fact that Greg Gianforte can't gin up law enforcement support by large law enforcement um, organizations is concerning, and it makes me fear that law enforcement is walking away from the Republican Party, in Montana anyway. Gianforte's failure to understand laws already on the books. Yeah, this actually is what I'm most afraid of to have a Gianforte administration in Montana. He does not understand what laws currently exist in Montana and that as part of the Republican platform, we focus on not adding unnecessary laws, but enforcing existing laws. So Instead of understanding whether or not there's a need for legislation, he just throws out, we need legislation for X, Y, or Z. He just throws it out. And usually it's the kind of legislation that excites huge, enormous response, visceral responses for people. Like if you say the word abortion, that causes a visceral response in everybody. I have never met a person who likes to talk about abortion who likes the idea that abortion exists. Nobody I know likes that. And so when he starts talking about born alive legislation, I think it's a dog whistle. I think it's a horrible thing to say when we have existing laws that cover concerns about babies who are born alive post botched abortions and that there's nothing that Montana law provides to care for those babies. That's just horseshit. That's not true at all. And so if he does not have a fundamental understanding of what abortion laws exist in Montana and wants to add unnecessary legislation and focus on adding unnecessary legislation rather than focusing on the real issues confronting Montana, it's very concerning that this is the guy that wants to run the state because it is a misplaced focus. For example, in Montana, you can't have an abortion after 20 weeks of gestation. It's barred, right? So post 20 weeks of gestation, you cannot have an abortion unless there is a medical issue. There is no, it's not, you cannot have an elective abortion after 20 weeks of gestation. And after 20 weeks in Montana, a fetus gets a death certificate. A fetus that is aged over 20 weeks gets a death certificate because those are some of the most difficult times that women have when they're delivering babies whose gestation is just over 20 weeks and they wanted those babies. So the idea that there are these babies being born alive and then crucified by doctors or women who want late-term abortions in Montana, it just doesn't exist. And even if that were to exist, we already have laws in place that handle that. Attempted homicide is one of them. Homicide is another. And so we have already provided all of these safeguards 
that whether you are pro-life or pro-choice, these are the safeguards that have been in place for years in Montana. But Born Alive legislation is just a way to excite his base and to indicate Montana just hasn't tackled this issue. This issue was tackled years ago since the advent of homicide as a crime. So he's, it's just misplaced. And the Republican platform would not support going forward with needless legislation. It's a diversion and it reflects that he doesn't know what happens in the state of Montana. He doesn't know Montana well enough to govern it for sure. And added to that, he came out and said, we have this huge foster care problem because we have, we're number two in the nation for kids in foster care. That's absolutely true. But he said, these are kids without parents. That's patently false. Kids in foster care have parents. They aren't orphans. They have parents who more often than not struggle to parent because of their addictions. And what we don't have in Montana are any publicly funded treatment facilities other than MCDC in Butte. We have one treatment facility in Montana for people outside of the criminal justice system in Butte that's paid for by the state. That's it. We need more treatment facilities because that would actually bring families back together. And the number one priority in any dependent neglect legislation is reunification of parent with child. So for him to say these are parentless children, that's not true. He does not understand our foster care system and apparently hasn't talked to anybody who works in that system. And that's a problem. You want to run our state. The Department of Health and Human Services is under your bailiwick, right? And under that is the Child Protective Services. He needs to ask them what the problems are because it is absolutely a broken system, but it isn't because foster children don't have parents. It means we have failed to adequately fund DPHHS. We have failed to adequately fund addiction treatment centers, and we have not been able to recruit and retain qualified employees because we're basically taking kids off the street who just get out of college and saying, you go into the most devastating situation that a family can face, rip their children from the parents or grandparents, and then you piece it back together. And we'll try to provide you with support services, but we really don't have funding for that either. So they've got a huge burnout, huge turnover, and a system that is, just doesn't work mostly because there's been no investment in the technology just to even track families and placements. So he lacks a fundamental understanding of the most important parts of Montana and how in the functions of the departments of Montana and how they run. And you want to be governor? I mean, you would think he's ran for governor in the past that he'd be doing some studying up on his way to present day on what the state actually needs. And this goes to our point of his Greg Gianforte being completely out of touch with Montanans. I guess it goes back to the pandering. He thinks that we're so dumb that he's going to return to a charity his $100,000 a year salary as governor. He makes more than $100,000 a month on his investments. So this is not some great charitable act by Greg Gianforte, but he thinks that that's what's going to work for Montanans, that we're all going to go, wow, what a generous guy. When, according to Tim Fox's campaign, he has profited off of the pandemic. And his blind trust that he was supposed to create where he had no idea where his investments were, those $400 million in investments were, was never created. 
He promised to create it, then he didn't, and then he came up with his magical blind trust agreement, which isn't blind at all. So just because he uses the term blind, it doesn't mean it's blind at all. Infusion of money into the campaign. So he will have spent over $10 million of his own money to buy the seat. $10 million to buy a seat. So why would a guy invest, someone who's supposed to be so savvy with finances, invest $10 million for a $400,000 return over the course of a four-year position? Why would you do that? It makes zero financial sense. It isn't about public service because if it was about public service and doing the right thing for Montana, he'd stay in Congress because what he's doing is he's forfeiting a safe seat to Kathleen Williams because she's going to win. She's going to beat Matt Rosendale. And by God, she's going to get across that finish line and Nancy Pelosi is going to be cheering from the stands. So he forfeits a safe seat. Why does he do it? Because of himself. He's not doing anything to advance the Republican cause. He's not doing anything to support the Republican cause. Not only does he not adhere to the platform, but he's not even advancing the ball by retaining safe seats. He's just jumping from position to position until he can get into the governor's seat. That does nothing to help Montanans, does nothing to help the Republican cause. And yet the Montana GOP laps him up like he's some gift from God. It's crazy. Temperament, which is fundamental to holding any political seat. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of for the same reason why I can't be a judge. This guy should not be the governor of the state of Montana. You have to have a certain temperament and you have to be able to reach across party lines. He's I think, you know, for my purposes, he's voted with the party 95 percent of the time, which is great. But he votes with Greg Gianforte 100 percent of the time. And the idea that he's going to be able to work with Democrats or independents in the legislature is just insane. And he thinks because he cooks elk and will invite people over to dinner at his house that somehow that's how he's going to be able to forge these bipartisan solutions to Montana's problems. That's absolutely insane. And again, it goes to the pandering. He talks, now he's got this line of, I'm going to turn the governor's mansion into a house of hospitality. Well, I don't need him to have a house of hospitality. We need him to actually have the temperament to bridge gaps and bring people together. I don't see anything that he's done in Congress where he's been able to push through anything that's bipartisan that is meaningful to everyday Americans. Would you have an elk burger and a beer with this guy? No. And that's the thing. I mean, the reason why George Bush Jr., why people liked him and helped him get across the finish line is because he was funny. He He's a guy you would go have a beer with. He was self-deprecating. He didn't act like he was superior to anyone. There was not any arrogance about George Bush Jr. It's the same with Bill Clinton. There wasn't any arrogance about him. Man, did he make some enormous missteps, but he wasn't arrogant. And so if you don't have charisma, that's a problem. Because while his name recognition might be 90%, his voter approval, the likability rankings, he's like the most unlikable politician in Montana's history. He's gotten zero appeal. So going into a little bit more depth about some of the other elements of the debate that you keyed in on, because you were certainly tweeting your opinion about it when, oh, it, man. Was, when it was ongoing. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. And I wasn't even drinking. Uh, 
You were stone cold sober. Wow. (laughs) Stone cold sober. You know, I think I'm just fed up. I just, the hypocrisy, it's just astounding. And maybe I'm just really upset at the idea that Montana is so freely giving away these critically important seats that determine my kids' future and the future of the state to people that just don't deserve them. And in my mind, you can't commit a criminal act in your 50s and decide that you can be governor of the state of Montana. And although we have, we're a hard no on Greg Gianforte, we do have some concerns about Mike Cooney. Chief among them are his 44 years as a lifer in politics. I think that this is our big complaint, obviously, about Congress and the Senate, right? The United States Congress and Senate. You know, Nancy Pelosi's 80. Dianne Feinstein is 87. Politics should not be a lifetime career. Public service as a career is fine. There's plenty of government employees, law enforcement for one. They're absolutely wonderful. We hope that you retire as a public service and giving back to Montana. But career politicians, you just want to be able to say, have a record of long-term achievement. And I don't know that Cooney has been able to promote a record of impactful achievement over the course of his time being in politics. I haven't seen that. And maybe he just doesn't have the money to promote it or something like that. I have no idea if it exists. But I think that that is his Achilles heel, obviously, with Republicans and independents, because I think that the tide is turning to where an awful lot of us are getting sick of seeing 80 some year olds run in the country who are completely out of touch with reality. um, Reality. And who seem to focus more on gamesmanship and retaining their positions than they are in getting anything done. Like what's been done with the federal debt? Nothing. What's been done with Social Security? Heck, you'd think the 80-year-olds running Congress and the Senate would be really interested in preserving Social Security. They haven't done anything. It's just if you're going to be a career politician, you better have a record of specific results where you carried the water, where it was your knowledge of an issue and then legislatively your actions that were able to get those things done. So ballots drop here, I believe tomorrow. They go into the mail tomorrow. What is your best recommendation as people are unfolding their ballot and they're thinking about the future, their future, as residents of Montana, and certainly what their kids might be looking at? I think that the most important thing is your vote is something that is should be held precious to you. And if somebody hasn't earned your vote, don't give it away. Don't vote just to vote. Don't vote a straight party ticket if the people who are on the R side aren't really ours and don't follow the Republican platform. Same with Democrats. If you're a Democrat and you look on the Democrat side and they're not really Democrats, if they're actually more socialist than they are Democrats, don't give them your vote. Not for the sake of the party. If we are only going to vote for the sake of the party, we've got problems. We should be voting for the sake of Montana. And there's a distinct difference. It used to be, I reliably, we could vote for the R's across the board because that was a reflection of Montana. Greg Gianforte and Troy Downing are not reflections of Montana. They're reflections of themselves. And they are not reflections of the Republican Party either. Maybe of the, the new Montana GOP leadership, but they are not reflections of the Republican Party or Montana. And so really consider that. You don't have to vote for someone. I don't vote for anybody who I don't think has earned my vote. I'll stay out of it. 
Just like I don't vote in races where I don't know enough about the issues. I don't rely on anybody else's advice, but my own research. And sometimes my research includes asking my closest friends and mentors what they think. But it certainly doesn't mean that I just vote the way somebody else has told me to do it. And certainly not what a political party has told me to do because that's not reliable anymore. Look for your ballot, vote your ballot, get it in on time. And thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. Vote for Montana. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider becoming a sponsor of the show by visiting our website, montanavaluespodcast.com. Locate the sponsor page and click on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. Find us on Podbean, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, Spotify, and Podcast Addict. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.